Good morning, afternoon, and good evening. I am Dr. J, and welcome to the Strategic Ladies Mindful Media Show. Our show will always bring you guys applicable, useful, oh my goodness, entertaining relationship conversations and a generational perspective. We're airing live today, which is Monday from the Netherlands, and it's 8 p.m. CST here, 11 a.m. PST. Um... 1 p.m. CST and 2 p.m. EST. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Estella. And Jay had a little laughter. Uh, we uh, had a dog accident. <laughs> <laughs> Our dog was... Um, anyway, we um, had a little cleanup to do. But anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. This is the Mindful Media Journal. And uh, keep in mind that um, I'm sure the Mindful Media Show, and keep in mind that we have a Mindful Media Journal that you can subscribe to. It gives you information on the mind, body, and spirit, and yes. make sure that you stay aligned. So today we have an interesting show. Yes. We don't have a guest today, but the topic is, is rather um, extensive. Uh, we're going to talk about how media affects social change. Mm. And the interesting thing about that is that um, there is a lot of examples in the U.S., that we can talk about. Yes. I mean, there's so much social change going on in the world, just like with what's going on politically right now, there's so much going on. So it's going to be interesting seeing all the things that are, are happening with social change. Right. And and it's, it's going to be interesting. So Jay, tell me before we get going, mm-hmm. how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's try to keep this positive. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling a lot better than I, <laughs> I did a couple of days. I'm fighting a a little bit of a cold, but I am doing awesome. You know, we're blessed to be here in the moment, right? Yep. Moment to moment. <laughs> moment to moment. She's so worried about this dog. Yeah, he's just here. He is fine. Okay. okay. So, and how am I doing? Okay, I'm doing really good. Um, I do have, both of us have a cold, as you can hear. And we just were talking to our producer about it, of how we're going to, get rid of this. I mean, how are we going to fight this up? And he gave us a nice concoction of ginger root tea and dandelion tea and lemon juice I know. and a little bit of honey. He yeah, said he only used a little bit, but I use a lot. See, and I don't like a lot of honey. I'm like, well, I love honey. But you know, you know, the, the, we're so lucky to be here today. And you guys call in 310-928-7733. We're live today again. 310-928-7733. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the media and effects of social change. So. Yes. You're telling, How are you feeling? I, like I said, I'm feeling good. I yes. Just, I am, um, you know. I think uh, we sat, well, you don't sound as bad as me. I don't know. I heard myself and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like the roughness though. You know, it works in Holland. No, what? That's what we're doing. 
We have to be strong here. Strong yeah, women. You know, here. it's a whole different thing. I know. The Dutch women I'm kind of, very... I like to be a princess, so I'm never going to lose my California princessness. Sorry. And see, and I'm such a Dutch woman. You I'm are. a strong woman. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I fit in really You can well. be strong in a princess. <laughs> I guess I can be too, but. <laughs> All right. So, social change. Okay, so. As you know, there's a lot going on. And even though this is an international show, Mm. (coughs) excuse me, some of it we have to talk about has to do with a lot of things and social changes that are going on in America. And if you don't know what social change means, um, social change is basically an alternate alternation of of, of a society, a change in society. Right. And it includes nature, social institutions, behavior, and relationships. Um, there are a lot of characteristics of social change, but I'll name eight. And these include things being modified or replaced, social structure, processes, patterns, interactions, and social organizations. So with that in mind, right. this show could go on for hours. About some of the social change that's happening in the U.S. Correct. and across the world. Correct. You know, some of the areas like poverty and and religious wars have been going on for a lifetime, and and will probably never end. But the things that really are uh, uh, affecting us now is some of the things um, that the government. Uh, is doing and that's causing a lot of social change in the U.S. Right. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to limit our conversation to three of the top social issues that are affecting us. Okay. And um, there are um, things that, that this was, I looked at a study and, and there were changes uh, in um, with millennials. Right. There were that talked about what they felt were some of the top issues. Uh-huh. And there's also world problems. There was a, a study out of world written in the world that uh, that looked at the problems of the world and the top things. They were very consistent. What consistent? What the millennials thought, and also what this this source that talked about world problems thought. And the three things are climate. <laughs> oh God, climate, religious conflict. And then government um, security and feeling that government is um, uh, transparent. Right. All right. And that's that's a big one to me. I think that's a big yeah. issue for yeah. a lot of people right now. So we know that the one that's <coughs> going to take the most time is going to be government. And with the elections going on tomorrow, mm. I, I'm sure there will be some callers maybe calling in. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's talk about, you know, we have about... Uh, five more minutes before we have to take a break. Let's talk about some of the climate changes. What, Jay, what, let me ask you a question. Okay. Do, do that. you acknowledge this climate changes? As far as, uh, what do you mean climate as far as weather climate or mm-hmm. climate as far as the, the change weather, of the world? Weather climate. Climate definitely so. I mean, because, I mean, just here people are saying how much that the weather is not, I mean, it's a lot warmer here than it normally was. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, we acknowledge it. Some so people, I acknowledge it. Some people don't, right? That's true. So callers, we're of the, the belief that there is a definite climate change. Um, and we've seen it just um, uh, in, in person, but we've also seen it as we research other areas of the world. We happen to be in a new area, and the climate definitely is different. So millennials, there was a question posed, would you change your lifestyle 
to protect the environment. Let's think about that. Why change the lifestyle to protect the environment? I, okay. In my in my opinion, for me personally, I think that yes, because I think there's things that we've got, I mean already here. They've changed a lot just doing the intensity of our recycling. Um, no, <laughs> like it's that, so like all force change. Yeah, but sometimes you need a push to change, don't you think? Um, I think I, and it's not like I wouldn't want to, but it, they make it so easy here. Um, and like things are set up so that if you don't do it, it's not going to get picked up. Right? <laughs> you got that chocolate way. <laughs> kind of like my Grammy and Granddad kind of thing. Like they're like, okay, if you don't put all the paper together, we're not going to get it. You know what? So I think that it's, it's a good, I think, I, I feel like making change like that is kind of like being unselfish, thinking of the future. So I think of the future generations. So, right. um, what about you? What do you think? Well, I would definitely change my lifestyle uh, to protect the environment. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, to your point, you brought up a really good point because sometimes force change knowing that there is a consequence right. and not changing actually boosts you to change. And right. that's what the how they do here. They have amazing recycling system here. It's hardcore. Hardcore. I've never seen them. I mean, you cannot match trash with plastic. Yeah. Like paper. truth. It's like stressful. <laughs> like you're like, Oh God, it's a paper day. <laughs> it's a little different. It's kind of stressful. It's a good stress because you know, like you know that you're doing something um good you know i know that they're real i mean like they take it seriously i think that we and don't get me wrong the u.s we we care about recycling like there's parts of us like california does care but we're not as intense as here and if we are i never knew about it well i will say that california was a lot <coughs> more intense of, um, when i first moved there i mean everyone had um in redondo beach california when i first moved here um, they were very intense with recycling and cans and plastics and separating. And then, right. it, then it got kind of casual a little bit. Really? Okay. With a certain person. It, it's nothing like the Netherlands. Kudos to the Netherlands for their recycling. I mean, they actually, yeah. they even, you, you just break down boxes and it's just amazing. We'll take a picture one day and post it so you all can see it because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they say 75% of millennials would do this. Yeah. 75% of millennials say that they would actually sacrifice. And it makes sense because if you think about it, this is their future. Right. So, you know, mom, hold that thought. You guys, we'll be right back. Make sure that you listen and give us a call at 310-928-7733. Again, that's 310-928-7733. We'll be back in a moment. Dedicate this song to little Junior Park. A cousin of mine is going on, but we'd like to kind of carry on in his name. I sang.
For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Street Ladies Radio Show. You can join the conversation by calling 310-928-7733. Again, 310-928-7733. We, you know, we guys, we have a... Our producer would love to share a little bit of something with you. Jamal, tell us some thoughts that you have to share. And listeners, if you don't, go ahead. Go ahead. Hi, Jamal. Are you there? All right. Greetings, strategic ladies. Greetings. How are you? Greetings. Okay. One second. You caught me by surprise. Well, <laughs> well let me tell the listeners. I was just going to say, if you just are tuning in, we were talking about issues that affect uh, social change and how the media plays a part in that. Mm-hmm. And our first topic was on climate, right? And how how um, uh, climate change is, is definitely affecting us socially and it's definitely an issue. And one of the questions we asked Jay is, and, and she asked me, would you change your lifestyle to protect the environment? Mm. And we were talking about how 
we we were forced into being even more conscious of it when we moved to the Netherlands. Yes. But um, Jamal, I don't know if that's what you wanted to share. I mean, we. Um, uh, I know you're an environmentalist as well. Well, I think so, you hit it on the head. Uh, we're all going to be forced to uh, change our lifestyles as I believe we should. Yeah. Uh, and especially those of us that um, I would say have a Western perspective on uh, life and um, what's what's valuable, definitely what is materially valuable. In Western society, uh, what do they say? Shop till you drop and and, you know, he who dies with all the toys wins. Mm-hmm. That mentality must change, must mm-hmm. change. It is definitely damaging to the earth, and uh, it creates a perspective and a culture of just hoarding. And, you know, hoarding at this point compromise. Okay, where you hoard in one area, it is due in large circumstance to the deprivation in another area. And so part of the world is already impoverished. It is already, I would say, part of the permanent underclass of global society at the expense of of a minority that is basically hoarding all of the resources. Uh, But what is also happening is that in the pursuit of these resources, how you extract things from the ground, from you know, you're polluting the air now. You're causing all kinds of ecological compromises. It is putting all of us in danger, all yeah. of us. And so that, from my vantage point, would probably have to be the highest concern of any group of people, whether they're millennials or not, going forward. I mean, if, if self-preservation is the first law of nature, then this is what we all have to focus on at some point. If that means that we're going to have to change our lifestyle, I guess the question will be, how comfortable can you be with a change of lifestyle? And then what does that really look like? Does that mean that maybe we'll have to give up our televisions? Does that mean? That's rough right there. You hit me right. I'm like, take away anything, not the television. Well, you've seen enough. Um, when you talk about, you, you brought up some really good points. Um, the, the first thing I think um, yeah, how we have this uh, mentality of more is better when actually less is better. Um, and I've experienced that. I mean, I, um, our lifestyle has told, this is, oh my a, God, so much. In just the month or uh, two months, I, three months I've been here and the, what, six months you've been here, yeah. Jay? Our lifestyle has totally changed. Totally different. From, uh, from cooking our own meals, not relying on eating out, um, recycling. Um, we became, we've actually become better citizens. Better citizens. I mean, like, as far as, and, and more, um, I guess you could say we can serve more. I mean, just like, I mean, we were eating tons of, I mean, I just in quantities of meat. I know that sounds crazy, but like things that you go to the store every day here pretty much because you have really small, everything's very fresh. There's no preservatives. You only buy what you need. You have little refrigerators. It's like a completely different lifestyle than our oversized. And and I'll notice you can always, I always tell people to listen to their body. And and once you're aware of your body and Jamal, you can relate to this. You take really good care of yourself. When you look at your body and you look at your, observe yourself, 
my nails are better. My hair is better. Um, <clears throat> yes, I've gotten a few colds, but that's because of the environment. The, and know, it may be our body just adjusting to detoxing, detoxing, right? But I mean, you know, my nails, it's just amazing just nutrients that they, 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 they feel it's important. Even the way they te- treat their animals, you know, it's just different. So beautiful. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. I think that we have to, it, but let me ask you this, Jamal. Do you think that we should be forced into this change or do you think people should make this change on their own? I think that we're going to be forced into the change where there, uh, it's through, um, legislation or, um, maybe some other governing body will steer us into an area of change. I think we're going to be forced into this change. Uh, simply due to the compromises in the ecology. The ecology is going to dictate quite a bit of, of how we change. For example, climate change in and of itself is going to cause many of us that are, let's say, in northern regions where it is more consistently cooler now that it's going to be warmer to change. We may change our, our dress. We may change how we commute. We may even change what we eat, where we don't need certain kinds of fortifying foods against the cold, and where we may now want to, you know, intake more foods that are going to be easier to digest and eliminate, more vegetables, more fruits, as opposed to more, for some of us, more meats and more starches. I'm I'm just saying, this is for example, the kinds of changes that can take place due to ecological climate changes. Um, But now... I think that maybe we, you know, another concern would be being forced into a change. I think is forced through government, through ideology, through um, politics is also a great part of this. I mean, let's face it. This, um, I would say, Western societies are on a fast track towards fascism at this point. Yes. Okay, with the you know with the uh, the titular head being the United States of America itself, which was the bastion of democracy, is now the bastion of fascism. Right. So you have fascist, you know, um, figures on the rise in Canada, in Italy, in France, in Germany. Now you have this fascist that has won in Brazil. This is seemingly a trend, and I think we all need to at some point ask ourselves why is this now trending and what is it about the public the populations of these of these regions in particular that don't confront it don't confront it enough i mean tomorrow could be a referendum on this you know in the united states with the midterm elections Um, right you know and that may also that may either reinforce the trends or it may cause that tide to go back out and recede. We shall see. But yeah. as of now, I'm very curious. Why are there not overwhelming, you know, mass crowds marching in the streets at this type of obvious, you know, kinds of uh, compromises? I, I'm baffled by it. Yeah, I am. I can't. I can't figure it out. I really can't. I it. it I think. I, I think that. I, I know there's trends. Well, I, I know there's trends of things, and I, I think that 
I think that this has been an underlining issue. Sorry to interrupt you. Underlining issue that's gone on, not necessarily so much around the world, but in U- U.S. especially, there's been this underlining um, problem with ethnicities. Uh, people, there's you know lots of people that have racism issues, and it's been people have been trying to dumbify it, and it's finally been brought out into the open. Um, so it's kind of like a, a bandaid that was on that finally the, somebody just pulled the bandaid off. And now we're able to see what's really going on underneath that wound. Yeah, and I, and, and I, to your point, Jamal, I do know that it's going across, happening in all different countries. Um, this, this, um, <coughs> this is for us, it's a tea party, but uh, the, this, this uh, group that ha- have, but I just don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, for me, it was at first um, shocking. I, I wasn't, I was, my eyes were closed. And I wasn't, uh, I didn't see it necessarily coming, which if you look back on it, it was in the making, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, but I think part of the problem is back to the excess and having so much stuff and, and, and being, um, focused on things. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't see a lot of things. Because you're you're focused on more and more and more and more and money and money and money, and then you you lose track of all the other important things like what we're seeing now. Well, and I think also too, like you look at the um, the president. Uh, and now I'm specifically speaking on like the president from Obama. I think that people thought everything's okay now because we have somebody that's a mixed ethnicity. But it still didn't address the issues that we had before. It still didn't. It is. There's still like this wound. You know, you keep putting like band-aids on top of a wound that needs stitches. Um. So I think that the climate change, as far as politically, it 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 needs some work. We need some things to to fix it. There needs to be something in place to change things. You can't change without a plan. Well. It's going to be interesting to see um, what happens with our to to your point again, Jamal's. <coughs> we're not going to we can't correct some of what what's already happened, you know. Um, and um, you know, it's like Ice Age. <laughs> you know, you can't go back as far as the climate goes. As yes, as you can't. Climate. Yeah. Um, but right now, we have to preserve what we have, and 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 the sad part about it is that. In some places, people are really concerned about it, um, but we have some areas that aren't. And I and I do feel for um, our country, the U.S., because there's so many things that are being turned around that actually can help, um, help you know, not necessarily stop it, but make it go slower. Yeah. So Jamal, I know they're getting ready for the big, big elections. Uh, and what's the climate in the U.S. right now? Yeah, tell us about the climate <laughs> in the U.S. right now. <clears throat> I think it's up in the air. And, you know, um, there's a lot of rhetoric on both sides that's flying around. And I think that, um, you know, you can't, I, I think after 2016, when there were so many doubters in regards to Donald Trump's ability to win the election, that people simply are 
some people, should I say, are simply dumbfounded. How did this happen? I think Michael Moore has a film called uh, 1119, or no, 119, Fahrenheit 119. It's how did this happen? And I think that there's a lot of people that are so skeptical about the electoral process. You have, you know, this effort that, I mean, when you have, (laughs) when you have the Republicans making an overt effort, not even hiding the fact that they're trying to stifle the vote. They're trying to impede demographics from actually participating in the voting process. They're not even hiding what they're doing. And it seems as if, you know, there's not enough of a effort to stem that tide. A lot of people have thrown up their hands at the process. So tomorrow, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know at this point, you know. But I did predict that Donald Trump was going to win because I just thought that the apathy in, in the Democrats was so great, and that they underestimated the actual rage that was in uh, what I would call Middle America. Uh, middle America, meaning those Rust Belt states, where people were out of jobs, the middle class was shrinking, uh, largely. Uh, white states which felt entitled because of white privilege and they were angry and they just simply wanted somebody to tell them what they wanted to hear and Donald Trump did he he simply said this is this is this is these these invading marauders are your problem this ask these aspects of the of the economy are your problem and I'm going to I'm going to take it back I'm going to help you I'm going to make it right for you I know your pain now, Donald Trump represents the 1%. I guess that didn't matter. But nevertheless, he said what they wanted to hear. And he is saying it again. Now you have this quote-unquote caravan. This caravan of people that are moving towards the United States borders. These, these, you know, these brown immigrants are coming in to get your jobs. We're going to stop them. Yeah, just in time for the midterm elections. You know, this type of you know, rhetoric is being turned up again. I don't know if the Democrats have anything to come back, you know, to combat their rhetoric with, at least uh, in a way that will uh, uh, excite their base. But we shall see. It's a, it's, it, it is a possibility on this side that people are absolutely exasperated by Donald Trump and are going to do anything that they can to get him to, you know, one, to rein him in and then in 2020 to vote him out. We shall see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, um, yeah, we won't know. And I think that there is a, on both parties, there's a, uh, sentiment of, of less kind of collaborate somewhat with women in, in that are running, with the women that are running. They seem to have <coughs> a, a similar agenda of less together. I don't know. And that's just some of what I've read. Um, a lot of women in military are running. So we have to kind of see how this plays out. To me, uncertainty is the key word that you use. I'm totally uncertain as to what should will happen. Um, um, I just, um, there are some... Well, know, I think the problem is, is people like myself. The people that don't really attribute themselves to a party, neither Republican 
nor Democrat, and they vote per issue and end up going independent. And what happens is Republicans will vote Republican no matter what. So you have those people that aren't liking either and go in between and find it as a lost vote in a sense. Um, so those people that are in that middle realm kind of need to go to a certain side in order to see a big difference, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I just hope that people, even though the process is flawed, that everyone votes. Me too. Um, because I know it took a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> women didn't have the right, uh, African Americans didn't have the right. Um, so uh, I think, it, you know, it is the right that we need to still take advantage of and, um, you know, yeah, uh, but, but, you know, thanks for sharing. It. Thank you I so much. I think it's, it's key. And, um, one of the things, another thing I'll, I'll say with the media, um, you know, there's this whole, um, you know, we're talking about how media, oh. how media is going to affect this mm-hmm. and, uh, how media is going to affect social, sh- social change. And you know, there's this whole awareness, emotional connection, understanding, and then this action that plays into it. The emotional connection right now is key. And you mentioned that with how Trump got in office. He, he, he targeted he that emotional connection. Yes. yes. Um, I don't think the Democratic Party did that with their people. I think um, the problem, de- Democrats were expectation. Uh, kind of an entitlement. I'm a, de- you're a Democrat, so vote Democrat. There was no, there was, you know, Republicans went for their, their people and, and catered for them. I don't know if I could say the Democrats did the same thing. But I will say that one of the things social media and, 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 uh, social, uh, how, how we're going to understand how media can change this oh. is, um, that whole awareness piece. Because I think one of the best things that's happened in this process is even though media may be flawed, we find, we see different views. We have CNN, we have Fox News, two very different sources of media. And then we have world news that we hear here. Right. <laughs> um, the media has played a huge role in getting um, social awareness out there. And I think that's a good thing. Well, let me pause for one second with you on that. Speaking of, of media, let's get down to that. Now, when you think about media and how the, the previous elections went, right, and how it seemed like a lot of media was focused on let's go Hillary. Don't you agree? Don't you feel like media was kind of focused on let's make Hillary one? No, I don't think, you know, I think uh, both, right? I don't know. I, I, I mean, in your in your opinion, Jamal, because, you know, they say media, we're talking about media affecting social change and and behaviors. I mean, looking at the past election, media, in my opinion, I felt like there was a, a, a lot more skewed toward Hillary. I mean, there was some, like you said on Fox News, it was skewed toward um, toward Trump. But if you look at it that way, did media really have that big of influence on voters? I think it did, and yeah. and I and I would agree with you that uh, um, yeah, you know, well, obviously Fox is going to support whoever the GOP candidate is. Right? Um, they're not even they're not confused about you know trying to be objective and fair and balanced as they claim they are a GOP all the way. Right. I think that the other news outlets 
I don't think any of them are really objective. I mean, when you look at MSNBC, they're going to go to, um, you know, they're going to be very leftist leaning mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, and they're going to be pro Democrat without, you know, any um, remorse. And I think that uh, CNN is leaning in that way. Uh, mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I don't even call CNN a news station at this point. They are, they're just pure rhetoric at this point. I mean, they right. are anti-Trump all the way, and they slam him as much as they can. But um, the media does play a tremendous part in this, and they oftentimes have, I would say, a res well, they should have a responsibility to at least report data accurately. Exactly. Accurately. Get the facts right. right. Every time I hear a report where they are backtracking on what appears to be, you know, authoritative fact finding, I I just lose interest. It's like, okay, last week you said one thing, you're retracting it, <laughs> apologizing, and then going forward. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I remember, and when that happened years ago, you tried to avoid that at all costs. Exactly. I mean, when we were kids, I mean, like, if a news station made a mistake, oh, my God, what, you know, everyone was hearing about it. Now it's like, okay, we made a mistake. Let's just change it. I mean, and so, so what does that do for the voter? It confuses the voter. Right. So that's the thing. So it's like now you've lost. It's kind of like when somebody tells me a lie. I'm kind of somewhat done with you. You may have one more chance, but it, it changed my view on you. So now I'm not going to trust your, 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 you know, yeah. what you've told me. So that may be causing some of the voters to go a different way and really feel that it is fake news that the media is spewing. Which, to to their point, they're right. not they're not lying. Right, uh, and that's the sad part. You, you mentioned so that too. Was true. You mentioned that too that you said people are disillusioned and they may not be voting. Um, it is so true, and even my students, which are young millennials and and uh, both Democrat and Republican, they've thrown up their hands because you know, it has nothing. It hasn't to really. I mean, it has to do with party, but it also has to do with intellect. And the more intelligently you are, the more you say, okay, none of these people are talking the right language. They're talking a foreign one. Well, I will say my friends that are Republican are not going to miss going to the polls. They so you say that your Republican friends will go to the polls. They're going to, no matter what, they are determined to make red win. They say a red wave's coming. So if you're not on the red wave, yeah, you know. Hmm. Interesting. So that so that's the thing. So I think that it's about it, you know. So you you would say people are more disillusioned with the Democratic Party than the Republican. I would say so. I think that some Republicans are are not feeling what's happened in their party, but there's a lot that believe. And you know, at this point, like looking at, you know, I know what our beliefs are. But if I'm looking on the outside and didn't have my presumptions and really do my research and see news over here, um, and you see, like, Jamal, Brother Jamal has told us that you have people that are retracting news and telling news, and then you see people slamming Trump all the time, what would you think? Would you think, well, maybe, 
media is trying to make him look bad. Maybe, you know, but you know, but I look on beyond that. See, I'm, I'm always about equality. So there's certain things that he's done that's not well, on equality. See, I, I think that also it's not a matter of when you look bad, you look bad. It has, it can't be someone making you look bad when it's so obvious. I mean, it, there's certain, you, I go on people's actions. Exactly. And actions don't but lie. Say, but no, I'm saying for us, because we're different. We see, we really research and look at people and, and look at the facts and look at the things these people are standing for. But for some people, I think that they're looking at the news and believing he says that he doesn't do these things. And he says that, that people are catching him in wrong times, catching things that he didn't say. I see what you're saying. So then they, and then they see the news retract stuff and they see, you know, his one good deed here and there. And they're like, you know what? He's not a bad person. I'm going to vote for Trump. Or, uh, you know what, he is a bad person. I'm going to vote for the other person. But I think that there's more people um, that are uh, Republican that are, are, from what I'm seeing online, there's a lot of people that are really still Trump 2020. Well, you know what? <coughs> so well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, brother Jamal, we'll we'll t- tune in and, and and you know we'll you know wait we'll hear about it. We hear, no, he'll hear about it. You'll hear about it in real time. I really believe. I think that it's going to yeah. be you know, all over the international news outlets. Yeah. But I do have a question. Do you, do you, yeah. do you, either of you or both of you, do you believe that America itself has lost its moral conscience or moral compass? And that yeah. is what has allowed a person like Donald Trump to become the president of the United States and have the type of uh, impact and influence that he does have because America itself has lost. I totally agree with that. I think it, and it's in every aspect of the, our lifestyle. It's in our lifestyle in music. It's in our lifestyle yeah. in entertainment. It's in our, you know, when, when, when what we consider to be unethical and um, a, a lack of values, when we put something like that in front of everything, then there's something totally different about our country. And that's why I was surprised that Donald Trump won. It wasn't that Donald Trump, I could care less about if he's a, what he stands for because, but I, but what, what shocked me is that my friends who, um, the values that he showed were not the values I were taught. Um, and, and so, yes, I, to me, it's an, it's, it, it, and ethics, plays a lot into well, it. I think that we all have different morals, moral, moral um, codes, right? I, I also think that the problem that I've noticed um, is that there's a lot of double standards in this presidency. So I can do this, but the people can't. Or um, <coughs> as long as you're following the way I do it, it's okay. So I think, yes, I, I will have to say that I think that the that America is a little lost because we're so divided. And when you're so divided and you're lost, that's when you let, that's when things can really get better. Well, that's the whole communist agenda to get us divided. (laughs) Well, they're doing a great job. Hitler did the same thing. Exactly. You know, and then Hitler sold out those he said he was going to support out. So, (laughs) you know, it's a social class. He sold them out. So, but I do think that that's what's going to change this time. I think people that, 
and I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I know that there's been a lot of racial connotations going on, but I don't really think it's about race anymore. I think it's more so about money. It's about if you have money, you're okay. So that's what it's going to be. It's about it's going to be a class, not a, a but, ethnic so much. It's going to be more class. But in, in that, we already know most disadvantaged racially people don't have money. Exactly. So it hits the same demographic. You know, there's an interesting. Unless you're a star. Uh, yeah, but there's not that many of us that are stars, right? right? Or not that many. So yeah, so I think it, it, it is a, a race thing too. Um, the the interesting thing about um, this whole ethics thing is that um, you know I've been Republican, I've been Democrat, you know, so I'm a, I'm a person that's been both. Um, I don't really like um, ethics, bad politics, and bad ethics and lack of um, values in anybody. So I can never support people like that. So, and I think America has gotten to the point, you know, it's interesting because even the religious people have lost their values and ethics. You know, um, wrong is wrong. Not not to hit the Catholics, you know, I was Catholic, but for Catholics to hide things that have happened in the, the church all these years, because of a vow of, of, of not telling, it, it's crazy to me. It, it's, it's a value system and it's ethics thing is right or wrong. But it's just like, it's to me, it's just the things that you see, the things that have changed. It's, people are, are more concerned about self-preservation rather than um, caring about people. And I think that we've lost our sense of, of, um, of love for one another. And, and, I, and Jamal, to your point, I think it's, it's not, it's America, but I think that it, it, it's cross, cross. Somewhat. I think it's a lot better here. It's better it's, here. It's better. I, I think Europe's doing a little bit better than us. A, a lot better than us. I think that they, they care about one another and they, um, there's, you know, nowhere is perfect, but some, the U.S. were having, you know, we were, it seemed like we were going all right and then something went bam. So we, we got to figure it out. Yeah. And I, you know, and well, we, got, we have a lot of lost people. <coughs> we got poverty issues. We we've got women. We've got women issues across the globe. Yes. We've got abuse across the globe. Yes. Um. Uh. We've got dictatorships across the globe. Um. So there's some issues other places, but you know what is the, what is the, you know I always wonder what people's agenda is. What is the what is the agenda? That's what I try to. Look well, he, the people that you know. People that he looks up to are a lot of the the communist countries. He looks up to uh, a lot of them, so maybe that's his agenda. I don't know. The control. Um, I think that he likes the power and he wants people to agree with him. And I, and I I think that my concern would be the future of the country and my people. I I, I would be that type of leader, and I don't think that um, the morals of America. We have so much anger. You look at these posts that people are putting on Facebook, attacking people just because they're speaking another language or, or disability. Um, or disability. It's just ridiculous. It's embarrassing to see these behaviors and these people thinking they are entitled just because of either their ethnicity or the money or the party that they support. And you know, there's some Democrats that are just as bad. It's going both ways, you know. So we need to figure out. So to answer your question, John, <laughs> yes, yes, ethically, Sorry. and I think 
the country is lost. I do. What is your thoughts? My thoughts is that uh, this has been a progression towards this point. The country mm-hmm. has been lost for many years. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's just reaching a point now where what we would call the mask of civility has been ripped away. So as, you know, during, and when I say that, I mean, you know, for when you can, when you control the media and really on a global level, you can control the media for many, you know, many years, you can portray yourself to be whatever you want to portray yourself to be. You know, so if you have repression and slavery you know, that's in your society, you don't have to show it to everybody if you don't want to. You know, you can put on a happy face. You can put on a face of, you know, a dignified face. But beneath that, you know, there's a cesspool. And so what's happening now, as far as I can tell, that mask of civility has been ripped away. You rip that, it's, it's like Halloween. You take the mask off and underneath that mask is the face of Donald Trump screaming, yelling, you know, vulgar, a womanizer, an abuser, um, you know, the, the racist rhetoric. That's the face that's underneath the mask of civility. So all I, all I can tell is that what has always been there is now at the surface. It's not a hidden agenda anymore. Donald Trump comes out and declares himself to be a nationalist. Well, that's a nice code for white supremacists. That's what he's saying. He, I mean, he, he says this from the Oval Office. Are people paying attention? But that's pretty much what I can tell is that the mask of civility has been ripped away. And what has been at the core, the core foundation of American uh, society is now in front of the world to see. And it's shocking for some. But I unfortunately, there's a lot of other people that have seen it, participated in it, have benefited from it, and are very comfortable with it. And they're going to go to the polls tomorrow, and they're going to vote for their candidate. Well, God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I just um, we'll see I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh, that's Lord. all I can say. You know, when, when those when the Christians are saying pray, I'm actually really doing it. Um, <coughs> because um, <coughs> you know, I am a product of that environment as far as America, and it it um, we'll see what happens. But thank you, Jamal, for sharing. Yes, we appreciate you always jumping in. My pleasure. Well, Great perspective. And, um, all right, Jay, so mm. do you have anything mindful that you'd like to share, a quote or anything that would make us, or a thought that would make us feel a little bit better about Tuesday in the U.S. or in the world? I mean, you know, um, there are people suffering all over in poverty and other things, and um, you know, today, when you look at everything that's going on, you know, 
we're we're only in control of really ourselves and and how we're perceived and the positivity that we can share with one another and others around us. So we may not be able to change everyone, but it does start with one person. And again, I feel that there's a higher power in our case, God, that is in control of everything and hoping he takes divine um, power over this. Because, you know, everything happens for a reason. I think that although this for some people is very troubling things that are going on around the world, it's maybe a necessary evil so that things can get better, right? It's that awareness piece like you were talking about. So how about this? If we are always rushing on the next moment, what happens to the one we are in? I love it. It's um, slow down. And I think this is good. That's a good quote for people that are not aware and not really looking um, at reality and looking at things. They're so busy and their mind's so cluttered that they can't focus and narrow down on what really is. Mm-hmm. Open your eyes. Yeah, just take time. Take time yeah. at the moment. You know, um, yeah. acknowledge the things that are happening around you. And, you know, if you're frustrated with what is going on in the U.S. vote, you can't be the person that's frustrated and sitting at home. So yeah, be frustrated and vote. And, you know, what is to be will be. And just remember, folks, that fought for this right. You know, you want you don't want to lose it, regardless of it, if, if it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I also will say, um, uh, I, it takes one to get back our moral compass. <coughs> so, excuse me. So work toward that. And I honestly feel like that's on the horizon. I think that this is a ne- like I said, a necessary thing that we're going through because like um, Brother Jamal has told us before I think that this has been something that has been underlining the in the U.S. for a while undercurrent in the U.S. for a while it's been there for a bit and now the band-aid's off and everybody is aware and seeing how some of these things uh, these double standards even some of the things I've seen with SNL you know just because you're a Democrat and you love all ethnicities doesn't mean you should go blackface and there's some things where they've done that. You know what I mean? So it's like there's no excuses for anybody just because you, you know, you, we all need to be objectified or, or, or subjected to the same principles as everyone else. And we need to be different. We need to be better. Everyone needs to be better. We do. That's what it's all about. Yep. One love, one world. Play some Bob Marley. I know, right? Let's so let's get together <laughs> and feel all right. One oh, love. Lord. He's going to play it for us. Watch him. I was going to play it. One love. All right. <laughs> well, you guys, Thanks for dealing with us with our colds and our coughs. We apologize. But we'll, yeah. we'll, next week we have, um, next uh, in a couple of weeks, we have um, our special guest. David Wild. David Wild. Yes. So he'll be on. It'll be fun. Yes. And we'll join a conversation. So, you guys, you can always call in, like we said, at um, 310-928-7733. Thank you so much for being a part of the Strategic Ladies Radio Show. Um, if you have any questions, you can always write us at write the number two at strategicladies.com. Check us out on www.strategicladies.com. And my book is out now, Unspoken Ones, um, The Missing Link. So, check that out. It's on um, Amazon. 
Follow us, like us. If you us. want to escape a little bit from all the reality. Yes, you can go to my fantasy <laughs> go world. Go to her fantasy world because there's some fantasy and there's some love going on. <laughs> She's love, so crazy. Love, love going She's so on. crazy. So, check it out. All right, you guys. Have a wonderful night. Take care. Vote. Bye. Bye. Strategic Lane